Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I am SBJ, and with me today, I have Alan. Hey! That's me. I'm one part of Tuesday Night Games, creator, two rooms and a boom, one part of that, too. And all part excited to be here. <laughs> and sitting across from you, across the <laughs> bandwidth from you, I have Sean. Hey, Sean McCoy, world's biggest Board With Life fan. Uh, agree to disagree, sir. <laughs> Sean, Just, you're... You could eat a bag of shit in hell, man, before I give up that title. <laughs> Your internet connection's sounding real good, which means that it'll probably drop out mid-show. I am on my girlfriend's laptop again, which is not a long-term solution because she's already getting annoyed at me for using it, but it is a short-term solution. Well, so far, it's a good solution. Yes, you, it is a solution at all. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, if you missed the first 45 seconds of this podcast, we are a podcast about board games and tabletop games and role-playing games and such. probably already know that, but if you're a new listener, this is what we're about. Thank you for listening. Before we jump into what we've been playing, I see intro stuff. Is there anything we want to intro before we move to table talk? I think Sean already dropped one of those little intros is Bored with Life Season 2. Uh, I'll pimp it for them because I'm their biggest fan. You wish you were their biggest fan. Let me tell you something. I was the one who Facebook and tweeted that when they showed their freaking uh, amazing premiere at BGG Con, I was the one who said, better than Mad Max. Also, stop right a- there. <laughs> Nothing's better than Mad Max. That movie's great. <laughs> the movie is amazing. So I said that with no hesitation. It was that big of a deal because I hadn't laughed that hard in a while. Now, I know what some people are going to say. They're going to say, saw episode one wasn't laughing as hard as you're claiming, Alan. And I say, oh, it's only getting warmed up from what we saw. Back me up, Sean. Absolutely. Uh, we saw an episode of BGG Con that was hilarious. I love the first episode. I particularly like the song. Um, but it definitely feels like a season that's only going to get better until, um... What can I say? My dick is clean. <laughs> that's a joke you would get if you watch that show, SBJ. I mean, I, let, me, let me back up a second. Do you guys, <laughs> do you guys know what their... I, I don't mean to sound cynical when I say this, but do you know what their end goal is? Like, is it, it's like seven or eight episodes for the season, right? What do you mean end goal? Like, end goal, like... What do they hope to accomplish? Or yeah, like, like it, it is, is this something I would show my non-board game friends to be like, hey, look at how cool board games is? Or is this something I show my board game friends who are already into board games? Or is this just anyone can enjoy? Like, my thought process that- is it's like the league but for board games. And so you don't have to be into fantasy football to be into the, to the league. You might get a couple extra jokes from it. But even this season in particular seems... Uh, heavy on the jokes, not heavy at all on needing to be a part of board game culture. Yeah, I will say that this season, especially compared to season one, is going to be just higher quality all over the place because they had their Kickstarter for it and they really busted their ass on this one. We're totally biased, of course, because we know these guys. We almost mentioned Donald in every episode, but yeah, Chris, yeah, Brittany, you got, oh my goodness, everybody, Nikki, it's, it's amazing. But I will say this, I don't care who you are, once you see their Dead of Winter episode, uh, it's going to be amazing, because we got to see that one episode, the Dead of Winter episode, and it was, oh my god, oh my. 
Oh my. Back me up, number two. Yes, it was oh my, oh my. <laughs> so is this like foreshadowing in the future we're going to come back and then talk? Like, I guess I'm the only one that hasn't seen it, so I can tell. I will be the voice of. You can be it, the voice of reason, yes. Does it live up to the hype? Because I, so the first episode was Fiasco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And I watched it, and I was like, there's not a lot of fiasco going on. You're one of those. Ah, so I got a message from one of my friends on Facebook that said, hey, just watched the first episode of season two. I don't get it. What's all the hype about? Meaning that he thought it was meh, and that's what he said. Uh, <laughs> this is BK, huh? Yeah, this is BK. This is BK. Burger King? Uh, Yes, Burger King. The king? The king messaged you? The king himself. (laughs) The king. The king, yeah. Uh, I told him, wait until you see Dead of Winter. But also, Sean pointed out on the old Facebook that uh, it kind of blows away what the Big Bang Theory should be. And BK is a huge Big Bang Theory fan. If there is such a thing. As a huge Big Bang Theory fan. I mean, obviously there is. It's one of the most watched shows of all time. But Unfortunately, yes. Yes, unfortunately, indeed. No, making claims as, like, it's one of the top two favorite television shows of all time. It was Ooh. the claim. Yeah. So I, I have opinions about the Big Bang Theory, and I don't want anyone to feel bad for anything that brings them pleasure into life, especially if it's not really harming anyone. But I wrote this big, like, long-ass post on my Facebook saying, like, hey, Here's why I don't like the Big Bang Theory. If it's for you, that's fine. But I'll try to tackle the question, does it do harm? Maybe, possibly, but there's way worse things. But I'm rambling. You, know, you wanted some intro topics. I've already started rambling. I think that was, I think that was a solid intro. You guys, yeah. haven't, you intro. guys haven't anything else? or We, we can always come back because, again, again, it's hard to judge any product based on their first episode. It's true. Got to hit its stride. Yeah. We haven't done that yet here. <laughs> No, 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 still working on it. <laughs> uh, moving into table <laughs> talk. It's a time for the table talk. This is what, uh, these are the games we've been playing recently or have not been playing. Guys, I've got some breaking news. You I don't, don't believe anything? you. <laughs> I've played some stuff. Whoa. Shut your face. But we knew this, though, because you've been pimping this for a while. Yeah, yeah, I... I feel like this this might be an episode where I ramble, so I'm afraid of going first. Hey, ramble I like it when you ramble, and I think our listeners do too, because when Alan rambles, it's just another Tuesday night episode, but when SBJ rambles, that's finding gold! Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an elevator pitch for these two games. Bullshit! Oh my God. <laughs> elevator pitch this. this, and this is how you're going to do it. You're going to say, ding me, me. And then you're going to put in the elevator ding and oh. then you're gonna do your own elevator pitch. You can crash and burn and it'll even be better. You can't lose here because you're either going to be amazing or horrible and it's going to be just so unforgettable. And then after the elevator pitch, you'll talk normal about it because I want to hear every detail. Sean and I will have a ton of questions. All right. A ton of questions. I'm running out of breath. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. I will get to this game second, but I played Dungeons and Dragons finally. And again, I'll get to that second. But une- unexpectedly, I played some Pokemon TCG over the weekend. It was Pokemon's 20th anniversary, Ooh. and uh, one of my friends, Vinny, texted me out of the blue on Saturday night and was like, hey, we should go to Pokemon League tomorrow to celebrate Pokemon's 20th anniversary. And I was like, man, I haven't been to Pokemon League in two years. 
So I responded. I said, I don't have any cards. I don't have a deck. I don't have anything. He's like, just come. We'll figure it out. We'll just play a couple games. We'll do lunch. Whoa, I was whoa, like, when okay. you gave up Pokemon, did you just nuke all of your decks? Well, they're not uh, tournament legal anymore, right? Yes, that's one, is they're not term- tournament legal. Two, I sold them when the money was still good, Alan. Oh, okay. I cashed Ooh. in. So you, you cashed did nuke them. Yeah. Yeah. I have a ton of Pokemon cards, but I sold all the ones that would have been worth money. Gotcha. Uh, so what do you want to elevator pitch? You want to elevator pitch D&D, or do you want to elevator pitch Pokemon, the trading I, card game? I guess Pokemon, because we've already... Elevator, Sweet. Pitch. elevator pitch D&D. D&D twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, do, you do you. What do you want to do? I'll, do, I'll Sh- elevator pitch the Pokemon TCG. Who's he going to be, Sean? Who is he going to be? I want you to be Misty from the Pokemon cartoon. Oh my gosh. Can it be like an old coal miner? <laughs> Hold on, you guys. You wish. You have to help me out and any other listeners. Who's Misty? She's a girl. Okay. And she has Pokemon. And, she on Team uh, Rocket? Because I know there's those two characters from Team Rocket. Uh, she's one of the good guys. M- Misty is the girl that Ash meets. Team the, Rocket's bad? The, yes, Team Rocket's bad. In the first or second episode, and Ash steals her bike and ruins her bike. It's the first episode, by the way. And so she follows Ash because she wants a new bike, but they find out that she's actually the gym leader to the Cerulean City Gym, which is the second gym, which is the water gym. Is there sexual tension there? There is none, no. Is there ever any sexual tension? Uh, Yes, with Brock. He loves ladies, and he is very, very thirsty throughout all the anime and and the movies. It's awesome. Is thirsty the today's term for Randy? And the previous term for horny? Is that what thirsty means? Yeah. I would say thirsty is the PG and a word of choice of mine. Gotcha. I like it. (laughs) Thirsty. Is there any ever sexual tension between like a person and a Pokemon? Is that ever happened in the show? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, man. In the fifth Pokemon movie, Ash just became a Pokemon fan. (laughs) Ash uh, does kiss a girl, but the girl is actually a Pokemon that turned into a girl. So in reality... Ash makes out with a Pokemon. Oh, man. Is it Pikachu? Mm. Is no. It Pikachu? It's a legendary Pokemon called Latias. Ah, is that the one you're searching for in your D&D game? Uh, n- not searching. I just asked if it was a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about listening to their podcast is SBJ living vicariously in what I think is his dream come true. He's like, this, this, is, this is what I actually want to do. And they keep on, well, I should say SBJ hints at wanting to find... <laughs> this pokemon to make out with so anyway i'm giving stuff away i shouldn't give away this should have all been covered in the elevator it should have been yep yep so you're you're misty i guess i am misty okay i don't know how to do this i'm selling so i'm selling the pokemon tcg uh myself will be dinging myself now uh ash you've ruined my bike and now i need a new bike and i'm very upset and my psyduck is upset and so we need to play the pokemon tcg but you're an idiot that doesn't know how to catch pokemon so you probably don't know how to play this card game so i'm going to teach you how to play this card game and if we look outside the pokemon world there are popular card games like magic the gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is kind of dumb though so pokemon's like magic the gathering it is a card game where we both build decks 60 card decks and then we start our game by drawing seven cards and the goal of the game is to either knock out all the pokemon on your opponent's field or to draw six prize cards you get a prize card every time you knock out a pokemon so we're gonna take turns 
playing cards from our hand like trainer cards or supporter cards or energy energy is what we use to attack we finish our turn by actually attacking and then we check to see if we knocked it out if i knocked out your pokemon i draw a prize if i don't the game keeps going if you have no pokemon on your field you automatically lose if i run out of cards i automatically lose these are standard rules of tcg and uh Psyduck, Psy. Good stuff. I liked your interpretation of Misty as a um, sexy. I have to admit, twenties, yeah, slacker type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fits yeah. real well. It was, it was very. You really immerse yourself, man. Thank you. I, re- I really like it. Yeah. So what a treat. What's changed and what's the same about the game? Uh so I, so I went to league and. Um, my friend Vinny was like, here's a Darkrai deck. And it was actually a deck that I used to play a lot when I did play. And I was like, oh, nothing's changed. And he's like, no, I just have these deck bu- decks built from two years ago. Now, is Darkrai like, um, is that like saying like a mill deck or a blue deck? Is it like a type that's prominent no matter what the cards are? Or is it built around a very specific combo? When Pokemon decks are named usually after the Pokemon that's uh, dominant in it. Gotcha. Like a uh, Pikachu deck? Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, I see. I've never even heard of a Darkrai. How deep do you want me to go? Oh, I want you to go balls deep. All right. So uh, <laughs> Darkrai, the, uh, the Darkrai deck is really cool, and I ended up winning because it just it's just such a solid deck. So what happens is uh, Darkrai has an ability that any Pokemon with dark type, dark, because it's Darkrai, dark type mm-hmm. energy get free retreat. And you need energy to attack, but you also need energy if you want to switch Pokemon out. So... If it costs me three energy to do an attack, but it costs me two energy to retreat, that's two turns I have to spend getting that energy back onto that Pokemon. Any Pokemon with dark energy get free retreat. Darkrai's move is also really good. It does 90 damage, and it also does 30 damage to any other Pokemon in the field. What's the average attack damage just for a point of reference? Why, yeah, why, that, why that's so good is because the highest amount of HP with the exception of like one Pokemon that's a really bad card that no one ever plays is 180. That's what, five turns to death? Well, three turns to get three energies on and then, yeah, two turns to attack, 90 damage, 90 damage. Oh, my bad. Um, but... Oh, math. <laughs> so Darkrai has another Pokemon that is played with. It's called Sableye. And Sableye is not an attacker. He's not that great. But what he does is he gets cards back out of your discard pile. His attack is called, I think, uh, like garbage search or trash search. I um, have that attack. So you pull cards back out of your <laughs> discard pile. Yeah, my raccoon so, does too. <laughs> what makes the deck work really well is a couple things. There's one, there's uh, an item called the Dark Patch, which takes energy from the discard pile and automatically adds it back to a Pokemon. So you can play multiple energy on one turn if you have Dark Patch. That coincides with Sableye of getting those cards back. So if you need more Dark Patches to get more Dark Energies out, you can just... Oh, it's called Junk Hunt, by the way. I just thought of it. Mm. The other thing is there's something called Crushing Hammer in the game. Which, if you flip a heads when you play Crushing Hammer, you automatically discard an energy off of their Pokemon. So you pretty much set them back a turn. So if you if your Darkrai's aren't ready to attack, you just Junk Hunt every turn for two Crushing Hammers, and you just play Crushing Hammers over and over, and you just discard all their energies. And most Pokemon decks run 11 to 12 energy. So if they have no way to get that energy back, you can automatically win by not even attacking, by just hopefully getting heads and discarding all their energies. So energy is just the fuel to use these special moves. And uh, you have to have energy cards, right? So you play the energy cards. And do you tap them just like in magic where you, you have to <laughs> tilt them? No, you don't. You just put it under 
uh, under the Pokemon. And once it's used, it just stays there, or you yes. pull it back out? It stays there, unless the move says otherwise. Like, some moves will discard, um, some moves will move energy, but Darkrai is a very, it's, it has a very basic attack, and it's a very good, like, three energy for 90 damage is really good. When you start getting into, like, four energy for attack, that's a little harder to do, um, just because you almost need a whole nother turn for setup. So how did how do you do though? Like that's what we're kind of heading towards in yeah, this narrative I, plot. Like I, did I, did you do well? Yeah, I started losing at first. Um Ooh. but that's it doesn't matter with Darkrai because like you you can take your time setting up because you have your Sableye. Um getting back cards you just use again. So even if they set up faster, I can just crushing hammer them to get rid of their energy to slow them down to my speed so I can catch up. I wonder if you talking about Pokemon is as confusing to me as me talking about D&D is as confusing to you. I'm just wondering probably. if that's probably the case. <laughs> but yeah, because it just sounds like it totally reminds me of World of Warcraft before I played with all the names and moves and everyone's able to follow along that plays World of Warcraft. I gotta do my AoE, but it garners too much aggro, so I need uh, my rogue to sap in order to prevent, you know, so it's a lot of lingo. But anyway, that's awesome. So yeah. you were losing, but then you came out. How many games did you play? Uh, that was the first game, and then my friend Kid was like, this is what people are playing now in the format. So he gave me a... A Blastoise deck. You probably know who Blastoise is. Yeah, because I know characters from red and blue Yes, back in the day, and maybe wow. some yellow. I never actually <laughs> played yellow, but... So uh, he gave yeah. me a Blastoise deck, and he said, this is the deck that won the world championship this year, or what? within the season. And I said, cool. I was like, how does it work? And he said, well, your goal is to get Blastoise into your discard pile, and there's this card called Archie that if... Your hand is empty at the end of your... T- when you play Archie, you can get any Pokemon you want from your discard pile and put it onto your bench. But now why this is important in the Pokemon TCG is because in order to actually play Blastoise, first you would need to play a Squirtle. Then you would have to wait a whole turn to evolve that Squirtle into a Wartortle. And then you would have to wait a whole nother turn to evolve Wartortle into Blastoise. And now you have Blastoise. Following? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I All mean, right. I know that because I know the video game and I yes. know Evolution. Yeah. yeah. So evolving is just... You need to wait a whole turn to do it, otherwise they would be broken. Is that all in one card, or do you actually have to have the card in your deck and you search the deck, or how yeah, does you that actually work? have to search for the card? So um, a lot of like people will run like three Squirtle, one War Turtle, three Blastoise, and then they will run Rare Candy, which means a Rare Candy is just an item that lets you skip the middle evolution. So it gives you oh. enough like leeway of like, okay, like I can probably get to Blastoise pretty quickly with Rare Candy. So if I draw nothing but Blastoise, I can't use them until I've played a Squirtle? Is that how it works? Okay, I'm with you. I think I'm actually starting (laughs) to understand this game with my background in magic. Okay, cool. So this deck doesn't run any Squirtle, doesn't run any Wartortle, just runs Blastoise. So in reality, I can never play Blastoise from my hand to my bench. Battlefield. What is it called? Okay. The bench. Um, But this trainer card lets me pull Blastoise from my discard pile and put it right on my bench. As long as my hand is empty when I play this card. So my friend was like, okay, this is how it works. You want to get Blastoise into your discard pile. Then you want to play this card and get it on your bench. And then Blastoise has an ability that lets you play unlimited water energies during your turn. Now, a standard game of Pokemon, you play one energy per turn, then you're done. Blastoise, as long as he's out, you can play as many water energies as you want. So the other, and then there's an attacker called Keldeo, which is just a basic water Pokemon that hits, I think he hits for 90 damage. 
Go figure. And Keldeo needs water energy to do it. If you have Blastoise, you play unlimited water energy on Keldeo. That's how you win. Keldeo gets knocked out. Don't worry, you got Blastoise, you just play more water energy. So he said, as soon as you do this combination, you'll win. And I said, okay. So I draw my hand, my first hand, I go first. And I have Blastoise in my hand. I have a card that lets me discard Blastoise. I have the Archie card, which is the card that lets me get Blastoise on my deck. And I have a bunch of other cards. And on turn one, I was able to get Blastoise into my discard pile, get him onto the bench, get Keldeo out, play a bunch of water and energy. And like, I was set up to win the game. There was, my friend was like, you, I can't believe you did that on turn one. Like, I cannot win now of what, because you made the play that is the reason why this deck won the world championship. You're so yeah. good at this game. <laughs> So that was cool. It was it was cool to like step away for two years and then somebody hand you a deck and go, this is how it works. And like, remember all the mechanics of how like the trading card game works and then just execute. You think you'll come back? Is no. It, you, no. That no. deck, the deck he handed me was probably like a $200 deck. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Wow. I can see why you are successfully the host of a Pokemon podcast because you know your stuff. You know all the <laughs> ins and outs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I'm sure if like somebody was, was like if I was listening to a magic podcast and they were explaining all that, it'd be like I have no clue what you're talking about. I think you did a decent job of bridging some knowledge gaps. I don't have a perfect idea, but I understand the basic mechanics of magic and drawing and putting it out on the battlefield or whatever it's called bench here in Pokemon. So I think if you know those basics, then you could follow it. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest difference from like magic and pokemon is magic you're like to draw cards in magic i heard is like a really powerful thing to do besides like just drawing one card your turn yeah that's kind of why i hate it to be honest i'm not a magic fan and pokemon if you're not looking at like six to like ten new cards every turn you're actually not playing optimally because pokemon has so many cards that are like shuffle your hand in your deck draw six more cards discard these two cards look in your deck for pokemon all right discard these this one that card fun yeah, there's just a lot of, like, you're just searching for, for cards. And there's even, like, as, as like, you're playing, like, if I use an Ultra Ball, which an Ultra Ball is get any Pokemon out of your deck that you want. But you have to discard two cards in order to play it. So when people do that, they'll look through their deck and they'll quickly think of, okay, this is, this is my whole deck. There are six prize cards that are random for my deck. So I, I play four Darkrai, I see three Darkrai right here, now I know that one Darkrai is prized. Or like, I know that there are 11 energy in my deck, I go through, I'm only counting 10 energy, so I know that one energy is prized, I know that Darkrai is prized. So you just like, you try to figure out the odds in your head and kind of set up the game upon your initial first search through your deck. Which I don't think Magic has like any kind of like searching like that. No, because card draw is so valuable in Magic. So... Really it's actually why point. I enjoy the spoils more than magic. And I know I'm talking blasphemy and you know, I, I don't judge you if you like magic or Pokemon. I, I mean, I want you to have fun. So whatever floats your boat. But one of the reasons I don't like magic is I got into the spoils, which is basically magic, the gathering, except spoils? You, the spoils. Yeah. And they've really had some bad direction where they've had one edition and then it went under and then someone paid to have it come back. And I heard they are just re-releasing it and starting all over again. I, I'm not sure if that's true or not. I don't know. But the spoils, the big difference is you always have something you can do where you can use your resources. You can always spend, if I remember correctly, something like three to draw another card. Or you can always spend two to make any card into a resource card. 
So the idea is no, you never draw a hand and you never have something where you say, I can't do anything on my turn. Where in Magic, that happens all the time. So that's why I like this well. Plus, it's awesome art, consistent, has a mature theme. So, yeah. <laughs> of course. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, you Pain haven't bills. played Spoils with me? I have not. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway. <laughs> that's my two cents with the <laughs> trading card game. The most I ever got into was the Spoils. Have you, I love about Pokemon. Have you guys played, real quick, have you guys played any other, like, trading card games? Like, Net, well, maybe Netrunner or I've played Netrunner a bit. Doomtown. I wish I could play it more. Um, played Star Realms a decent amount. Obviously, I've played Hearthstone. Is Star Realms, Star Realms, I don't think is considered a trading card game, though, to be fair. It's a deck. I mean, I'm including all LCGs and all that sort of stuff. Oh, into okay. It. I'm talking, I, I was thinking trading card game is you have to buy booster packs. Yeah. I, I mean, there you, are booster packs for Star Realms. Is there? Oh, mm -hmm. really? Mm -hmm. But it's available to everyone, though, not just yourself, because it's a deck building game. It's not mm -hmm. like you're building your own deck. Everyone's building their own deck at the same time during mm -hmm. the game. Okay. Uh, I've done uh, Soul Forge, which is online. That's from Stoneblade Games. And I think it's an incredible game, but it's still pretty glitchy. Like, it stinks that sometimes you have to wait a minute before it's your turn again. It just if it had the production value of Hearthstone, it is a better game than Hearthstone, in my opinion. I know that's blasphemy to a lot of people because Hearthstone is so awesome because of the production quality played online. It's so smooth. It's quick. It's adorable. It has some metagaming to it where you're leveling up and things. It's amazing. But Soulforge, at, if you just go to the bare bones game and strategy, I think Soulforge has a lot more going for it but it doesn't have the production quality. I disagree, but I do think it has more for what you're looking for out of a game like that. I mean, I definitely think it's hard to compare whether a game is just designed better or not, but Hearthstone's got a lot going on underneath the hood. I just think it has the thing you hate the most about games like that, which is any math at all. Math. Yeah. Math. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of math in Pokemon. You probably wouldn't like it either. There's math in Soulforge too, guys. I mean, that's slightly unfair, but at the same time, it's <laughs> it's uh, well, I mean, yeah, value like a quicker um, game, right? I would say. I think Soulforge is just as quick as Hearthstone if it wasn't for the load times, for sure. So it's no, not no, that no. It's I think quicker. Soulforge is way quicker than Hearthstone. Yeah, if it wasn't for like, I can play a game of Hearthstone way quicker than I can play a game of Soulforge, though, and it's simply because of the load times. Is that, it the so. initial load, or is it the load between turns? Between turns, like oh, the actual okay. like moving and the damage, because Hearthstone is bam, boom, 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 bam, bam. I mean, it's crazy watching people Soulforge. It's like we're bam, bop, bop, bop. okay, boom, bam, bop, bop, bop. yeah, damn. That was, that was some good really radio fun. right there. <laughs> well, the cool like thing about there. Soulforge is this, is that the cards level up themselves. So there's cards that once you play them, they go into your discard pile leveled up, and there's traditionally just three levels. So there's cards that when you play a level one card could really suck, but its level three version is an I win card, but you have to make it to level three because after you play three hands you take all the cards and shuffle them back up into your deck, except now the cards that you played in the last three hands are leveled up. But you can have the opposite, where you have a really powerful level one card, and it really sucks as a level three, and everything in between. So that's what's cool about Soulforge. And very, you can only do it digitally, obviously, because you can't do that with classic tabletop, because how would you take out the card and replace it? It's, it would just be a nightmare. 
Oh, the the other complaint I want to have real quick, and because you asked me if I would ever get back into the Pokemon TCG, is their their regional tournament, which I think took place in like Madison, Wisconsin, or something. Anyways, I used to go to like every regional I could. Regional is just one a big tournament that leads into nationals, which leads into worlds. My friend was so first off, they added a twenty five dollar entry fee for any uh, master, so that's Ooh. anyone over the age of sixteen, and the the fee pays for all the rewards. Um, but if you're under 16, you either fit into juniors or seniors. They don't have to pay any fee because obviously they don't want to charge kids to do something that they like. Got to charge the 21 year olds trucking out to play Pokemon. But I was like, oh, how was like, I was like, how was regionals? Did they like, pack everyone in cattle? Did they have like enough tables? That was always like the big thing I hated when I went to a tournament was like, I'm like elbow to elbow to these other people and like they're spread out so much and it's just, just not a welcoming environment. And he was like, well, yeah. Went to Madison. They were expecting, you know, 240 trainers to come out. They had over 400 people register for the event, and uh, they didn't turn anyone away. So people were playing on the floor and in the hallway, and it ran super late because there were 150 more people than they expected. And I was like, I can't even imagine doing that. Like, I can't imagine paying $25 to sit on the floor to play somebody in the tournament. I mean, I can imagine it, but I have a really powerful imagination. <laughs> it's just not the life I want to live anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's times when I'm working out and I'm pressing myself really hard and it's in my body sweating, my body saying, don't do this. And eventually I realize, why am I doing this? I'm married. <laughs> Who am I trying to impress here? I got to live life for fun. So at some point, you got to realize I'm having less fun than more fun. Like this is not worth all this effort. Yeah, I also can't believe that they added a $25 entry fee, and there are more players than there were several years ago. Everybody, it's more value. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Alan, what have you been playing? Oh, well, you didn't even get to talk about D&D at all. We so. can go back. We can do a little bit of a longer show. Well, let's I go to time. Sean. Sean, what do you got? I played D&D. <laughs> <laughs> my players are in the grim world of Carcosa, my favorite supplement in the world from Lamentations of the Flame Princess, who's coming to Gen Con this year, and I'm very, very excited about that. I think I might have told you guys previously, but their initial mission was to go to these ruins and wipe out any resistance that they had there and then uh, report back so that the village could expand there. Instead, they found space aliens in the ruins, teamed up with them, have become slavers, and now cannibal slavers, and um, they're working for the bad guys to summon like some evil Cthulhu type creatures and they're basically just wreaking havoc across the countryside blowing shit up with laser guns and befriending bad guys and killing good guys what? Uh, a lot's <laughs> going on such a weird turn man is this 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 is the like teenagers that haven't played D&D right no no these guys have played oh okay <laughs> um some of them have some of them are new um, we just had a vote last week because we'd been playing for a month as to whether to do another month or to, we usually watch movies on Mondays. And so they decided, why don't we watch movies on Sundays and keep playing D&D? Um, so we're pretty excited about that. And I am slowly, um, this is the first game I've played so far where other than the source book, I haven't used any pre-made dungeons yet. All the dungeons have been ones that I've designed myself. And that's been really exciting because you learn so much from it. Um, so it's been pretty cool. When you're the the DM, I am the dungeon master. Yeah, I put on my resume. Master of dungeons. <laughs> so you wrote this. So you wrote. Did they choose to be villains, or did you write it so that they would be villains? No, I mean, so the place they were meant to go to, and I don't think any of them listen to the podcast, so I could spoil it. 
on the first level, it's ruins with some slavers. On the second level, there are some uh, space aliens committing um, like experiments on these trapped creatures. And these are levels of the alien spacecraft that they found buried? It's like a, it's a ruin, and then beneath that, aliens have made a base. And they sort of have this deal worked out with the slavers where in exchange for prisoners, they give the slavers like um, batteries to operate their ray guns and shit. Beneath that is a level where an even older species has this crazy contraption that can uh, create biological forms. And beneath that is a layer of deep ones who are worshipping a spawn of Shub uh, underground. So the idea was they should go there and then just fight through the dungeon levels, right? And figure it out and do all that. They got past the slavers to the aliens and immediately were like, well, fuck this. Why don't we just work for these guys? They have ray, ray guns. Why are we working for some stupid village? And... um immediately sort of turned on everything at that point. Um, so they haven't even been to the third or fourth level of this area. They're off running missions for the aliens now who are like, go here and retrieve our, you know, captured guy and go here and excavate this alien craft for technology that we need, that kind of stuff. So, so this took a turn you totally weren't expecting. So now you're writing missions for aliens as opposed to your original story that you had outlined. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the beauty of so role when, playing games. When they, this is my knowledge of never playing D&D, but when they take that turn of like, oh, I want to work for the aliens now, like you have no content written at that point. It sort of depends on the way you build it. Um, we try to play in what I call a sandbox. I mean, a lot of people call it that, um, where there's a lot of content available. There are random locations, which aren't stories. It's just if you go here, this is what's going on there, and you can deal with it in any in manner. In your like, book? Yeah, that I've written down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Generally, you know, I try to end encounters by saying or end sessions by saying like, OK, what are, what are your guys plans for next week? And they say, well, we want to go to this city and figure this out. And so I make sure that I design that city with some interesting encounters, um, that kind of stuff. Over time, what ends up happening is like, for instance, I prepped that dungeon and they haven't gone through it, but I know they will at some point. Probably it's never wasted work, you know, and the the book Carcosa has this m giant hex map and it has two cool things on every hex. So just a giant map with numbers on it. It says, in this hex is, you know, a village of people, but also there's like a spherical robot roaming the countryside, killing everyone um, that can like so inspire you. So is a source book, yeah? Yeah, it's a source book. Mm -hmm. You want to elevator pitch it? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right. SBJ, you have any ideas of who he should be in Carcosa? Uh, I was going to say alien, but we've done that before. Have we done alien before? Oh, yeah. I was an alien. Mm -hmm. No wonder why I don't remember it. Forgettable. <laughs> uh oh man alien's not bad but how about we just blend alien and pirate together because when i think of carcosa i think of the land of pirates i think of a pokemon okay is a pokemon named carcosa caracosta it's Caracos a giant sea turtle it's, it's pretty cool so you guys want an alien pirate yeah all right alien pirate slave trader okay <laughs> yo ho ho you filthy mongrels I am a Martian from outer space, here to bring you news of the strange and dark world of Carcosa. You guys get that? It's Marvin the Martian. Yeah, we got it! It's amazing! <laughs> Keep going! Uh, Carcosa's a grim world where there are no clerics or gods or deities of any kind, only aliens and dinosaurs and great old ones sleeping beneath the surface. In this source book, you'll find tons of hex descriptions, monsters, rituals of banishment and sacrifice to the elder gods 
Also, uh, I forgot the pirate thing. You'll find gold doubloons on this planet if you're careful. It's very dangerous, but also very exciting. Blah, 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 blah. That's what I've got for you guys. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've, well, I totally obviously, you're a master of improvisation. So I imagine as a DM, if your players take some hard left when you're expecting a hard right, you have no problem saying yes. And then this happens. So very cool. I bet you're yes, an amazing like dungeon master. Oh, thank you. You we were should... a dungeon master for us one time, and that was with Mountain Witch. And that was a hell of a good time. I'm glad you liked it. I've improved since then. I think I would know how to prepare that better. It is really all about preparation. Just saying like at any point they could do anything. And so like you might have some random encounters that happen when they're traveling to help you sort of stall for time if they're heading to a dungeon, that kind of stuff. But I think that definitely helps. Um, this is maybe the fourth or fifth campaign we've run. And only now are they really getting the idea. And am I really competent enough to say like, we can do anything we want, guys. Just because there's a dungeon here does not mean we have to go in. Because if, if they have to go in and it's too hard for them, then what are their options? But if they go in and they say, oh, this is too hard, let's go raise an army and come back and destroy this place, then they can go do that. And that's sort of what I like about D&D. Speaking of D&D, I really wanted to hear about your first experience, SBJ. We should be yes. talking about that the entire time because I've <laughs> listened to the episode. Who's your dungeon master? My dungeon master, his name is Greg. Greg Leatherman, Greg yes. the Dungeon Master. Yes. Like yeah, I, yeah. Seems like a cool guy. I think he's doing a fabulous job so far. Who are the other members of your ragtag crew? <laughs> so, how, you, you and you said you haven't finished the episode, right? Yeah, I haven't, but I was going to act like I did while we were recording. Oh, but no, yeah, no. I haven't finished. That's okay. It, it's two hours. It's long. So, it is myself. Uh, my character's name is SBJ. Uh, I'll get to that. She's so creative. I'll get to that in a second. Why? Uh, my co-host on It's Super Effective is on as well. His name is Travis. He is playing a female dwarf with no beard. I don't know why Blast that's important. Bullshit. But they made they kind of made a big deal about it and didn't explain it to me. I like that. Uh, my other co-host on It's Super Effective, Logan, who is part of the B team for our Tuesday night podcast listeners. Love Logan. Logan's great, and he is playing. A druid, um, some kind of druid, and then my friend Jeff, who is playing a mage, and I am playing a Pokemon Tamer, which is a class written specifically for this campaign. Mm. Um, so I have a Pokemon named a Pokemon Farfetch, who is will be doing all the attacking for me. Uh, my history as a character is I used to be a professional wrestler. And that's why my name is SBJ, because I've always said that's my wrestling name. Your character reeks of you. It's amazing. Yeah. Pro wrestler, Pokemon, on a magical quest <laughs> to find this very erotic other Pokemon that's legendary. It's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm a wrestler, but I stopped wrestling because uh, I've injured myself too many times. And that is why my Farfetch, that is why I'm a Pokemon Tamer, because I cannot do the fighting myself. That is the story I've come up with my, for myself here. So, uh, as far as I know, uh, we rolled characters. We did two D6, two D6s D plus six, and I put uh, my stuff in charisma, whatever that does. Oh, yeah. I have saving throws in intelligence and charisma. I still don't know what a saving throw is. Mm -hmm. uh, I have mm -hmm. skills in 
acrobats, acrobatics, which you acrobatics. know makes, mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I also have skills in performance, which makes sense because I was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get an instrument? Uh, I did. I took a harp. Yeah, I know this because I listened. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I was told a harp means nothing. Yeah, the instruments are always bullshit in D&D because you just do the same thing with them. It could have been like a twig with a string and you still can jam it up. Uh, so all we've done so far is... Uh, We've met, we've talked to a bartender, we're looking for a specific person, that person, we were told the person went east, uh, we decided to go east, and that ended our, our journey, so the first like hour was creating the characters and stuff. Here's something interesting for our role-playing fans that I think Greg, your dungeon master, is doing. You've now learned what initiative is, SBJ, am I right? Mm-hmm. And what he does is he doesn't take the dexterity for initiative. He takes the dexterity and the wisdom because he thinks it's not just your reflexes, but also your attunement with what's going on in the world around you, being able to sense danger ahead of time, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty smart to have initiative, not just be dexterity based. Anyways, rant over, continue. That's pretty much all I got. I have, uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, we can our speed is 30 feet i don't know what that really means our proficiency bonus how quickly you can move a turn yeah but how like how does that translate into squares or how does that translate into like a battle i guess because once you start getting the battles it's basically going to become a tabletop game so where if you move 30 per 30 is it feet I don't think that was the measurement they used, but anyways, mm-hmm. if it's, yeah, it's 30 feet. feet, is it the feet? That means you can move six squares. So okay. on your turn, you can move six squares. That's what it translates. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, just stuff that like armor class 13, proficiency bonus plus two. You don't have to read us off your stats. I, I'm not sure how compelling of, of yeah, a podcast I, that makes it. I don't really know what they mean. And so like when the time comes i usually ask and then i usually ask to dumb it down because i think a lot of the audience that's watching our our that was watching our stream um they right, because also you're doing don't this on know. twitch and yes. then you upload it onto your podcast which yeah which i'm gonna ask you now do you, is is that even compelling well what's interesting is the least compelling part is what we just touched upon and that's the dice rolling so uh, I rolled this and hearing them roll their dice and put in the stats, that was the least compelling, but it was still compelling for me, but I'm totally biased because I'm a role-playing geek. So I wanted to see the stats because what I was hoping for as an audience member is that someone would roll horrible rolls, nothing but eights because the lowest you can roll is an eight since it's 2d6 plus six. Yeah. So the lowest you could possibly roll is eight. I was hoping for someone would have nothing but eights. But I, I thought that was going to be me, but I rolled pretty decently. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, traditionally it's three d six. You you realize that, right? Oh, is it? No, yeah, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Um, yeah, lowest score would be three. Yeah. So lowest score is three, and then you get a negative modifier instead of a positive modifier. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I wasn't sure how the audio only version was going to translate but uh yeah well, people seem I, I to do will it. say this i will say this i love jeff i don't know if he's pulling a character but his mic quality is definitely the least terrific in that whole thing and i love his voice and i love his whole persona that he has going on so like man who is this guy he's the guy i know the least about and i thought it was really compelling hearing his questions and because he seems like he doesn't have experience much like you yeah Correct. 
yeah, so it's really cool hearing this guy. I have no idea who he is from the past and uh, realizing he has no experience. So that's really cool. I think he's almost like the everyman and he's just working his way around trying to figure things out. It's it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we we are in a, our next by the time this is up, our next game will be over. But we're switching to then uh, a Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, if anyone listening to this would be interested in that. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was I went into I went into it like because I'm I'm hosting the stream. I'm like handling the the video and the the graphics that are on the screen and stuff. So like the entire time I'm thinking like if this is boring or if something breaks, like this is kind of all on me to make sure that it works fully for the viewers or listeners. Your reputation's on the line, SBJ. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, like, what if there's, what if it just doesn't, like, what if we just don't click, and then all of a sudden people are watching something that is awkward or boring, and then, like, as soon as we got in, like, there were people waiting for us to start streaming, so it was, like, really good, like, going on and seeing, like, 50 people just, like, w- waiting for the stream to start. That was like, oh, cool, like, people actually do care about this on such a short notice on my end, but to like go through it and just like read comments and how like people are just so excited and like when I explained who my character is people were like oh wow that's really cool and like when Logan explained who he uh, he uh, he is people are like oh I want to be on team Logan and then people are like oh I want to be on team Jeff and I was like we didn't say anything about teams but you guys just started doing that and like you're you guys are already invested in this ca- these characters that we've only had created for like an hour and like I left being so excited for now the next session that's huge that's huge, especially since we know how unexcited you are after our sessions. Oh yeah, I'm 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 miserable right now that we're at 50 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Tell me about it, brother. Oh man. Speaking of which, look at the time. Oh crap. We gotta wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, we, we went we went real long. My apologies. I feel like we're doing to the to the app what Jimmy Kimmel does to Matt Damon. Like, oh, we'll talk about. We didn't have time to talk about the app. We'll talk about the app next time. <laughs> which. I hope we do because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's funny because like we went, we almost had like two or three weeks of like, oh, we need something to talk about, but now it's like we have so much to talk about. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that, it happens. Um, all three of you can talk in an episode because you all have a connection. It's interesting because this was a very RPG trading card game episode, so it had a very clear. F- focus i like that there was only two main things talked about though so instead of being all over the board two things boom <laughs> yeah yeah let's uh well let's wrap up uh hopefully we can talk about the app next week but uh alan where can our listeners find you you can find me on facebook i'm alan girding a-l-a-n-g-e-r-d-i-n-g i'm on the tweets as well at alan girding awesome and sean where can they find you you can find me at Sean McCoy, S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. Awesome. And you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Dragging A Lake. And you can also follow the podcast on Twitter or just Tuesday Night Games in general. It is at Play T-K-G. Wow, what a great handle. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can shoot us emails, uh, an email at podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Spelled with a K! Spelled with a K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise, this episode is finished. <laughs> <laughs>